Don't get to break it. Well, I hate breaking it out in front of Zach. Like everyone else, I was fine. But with Zach, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God, I'm a fucking idiot. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I'm not the bloody master of anything. Well, master of 40-minute chats. Notice me, senpai. Yep. Notice me, senpai. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am back and I am Zach and I'm joined by James Wood. Howdy. Nathan Hennessy. Hello once again. And Chantel, you are here. Hello, again. hello. <laughs> How are you? Pretty good. Is that to all of us or to me? That's just to you. That's specifically oh. you. <laughs> I don't care about I, you. I get are. special treatment. <laughs> new mic, new hair since last time? Same hair. Actually, I don't know. Maybe new hair. No, I don't anyway. think it is new hair. Life comes at you first. It does. It really does. All right, well, very nice to have you here. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've not had your presence, so we're all very, very excited for the chaos that's about to unfold. Yay. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. James, Nathan, how was uh, your week without me? Good. Smooth. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth for James. Fucked with me. I, I would have appreciated you, but um, yeah, yeah Nathan no, was having a time of it. Yeah, I, I've been having a time of it. If you, if you, obviously, if you heard last week, I was not having a good week last week. I haven't had a good week over the past couple of weeks, but uh, just yeah, my, my shit's been wild. But as March comes to a close, I'm catching up. Uh, March is the busiest year of the that well, month of the year as far as my shit's concerned. So it's all up after this. We're gonna party. Nice. Very cool, very cool. Uh, all right, anything we I had to ask? I think there was, but I can't remember what it is, so we'll move on and I'll ask you if I remember. But uh, let's talk about video games, shall we? Oh, how are you, Zach? Let's talk about let's video games. Uh, yeah. Actually, one thing. <laughs> My, one of the magpies has returned. I, I don't know if I've <gasps> said this on Podib, uh, but yeah, he's actually well, one of the babies who we fed... Uh, when they were born, and then they the parents kicked him out of the uh, the group when he was too old and had had to go fly his own you know, journey. He uh, he's come back, he's come back. It's lovely. Is that the one you sent me a photo of? That is that one. Oh, that is Perkins. He's so chubby now. He's well fed. Well hyphen fed. Oh. Well, he's well hyphen fed. <laughs> Are you feeding him worms? Sure am. Super worms, mate. Only the best for my little man. Oh, only only the good. juiciest worms in this neck of the woods. Wow. I want to be a magpie and live in your backyard. Oh. I don't know if you'd survive on, <laughs> <laughs> on super worms. <laughs> if I was a magpie. That's, yeah. I mean, if you were a magpie. Alas. I'm so glad. I think me and James are on the same same vibe here. It's like, what the yep. fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, just just <laughs> kept my mouth shut on that one. Let us have our I love it. 
bonding over birds and worms. All right. That was a special uh, way to start. No, there was something else I had to mention, but I, okay, anyway, if I think of it, I will bring it up. But uh, sure. video games, hey, let's let's talk about them. I know James, you got a pretty huge, huge load it's been to, a, to give. Been a busy time <laughs> tonight. Um, so, anything that you've been playing that's not review content? Um, I'm back in the Fortnites. Yeah, um, they they put Leon and Claire in the skin item shop. Did you so drop dollars? To, I did, and the, the the problem, the predatory problem with Fortnite, right, is that you can't just buy what you need to buy the skins. Oh, right? you got to you know, buy like an allocated ten dollars or thirty bucks. It's mm. it's sort of where you're at. Um, so dropped a cool thirty, but I got the season pass as well, so I may as well play the thing now. They've added anime bikes, um, like that do the um, like the light flare thing from Akira, so it's <gasps> all looking very cool and very Ooh. fun. Um, it, you know, it's a great game. I just there's definitely a part of me that like every time I go back to the well, I feel a little bit grimier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do they have loot boxes in Fortnite, or is it only like buying skins? No, nah, it's just buying skins and cosmetics. Pretty, pretty transparent for its. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all the monsters out there, it's yeah. Didn't they have right. a lawsuit recently against them? They did. It was like okay. the whole like um, I forget. It's like Shadow UI or something. The idea that like it's confusing to users if they're going to be spending money or not. I think was the the concept <gasps> yeah. behind it. Oh. Um. So they decided to settle to the tune of an absurd amount of money. But yeah. But that game makes absurd money. Nothing. Hmm? And change nothing. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, ideally, something has been changed. I I don't know. I've never noticed any problems with it, but I'm also a fully grown adult. I'm not like a 14 year old trying to play this game. So. That is true. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Right. Well, there you go. Fortnite, eh? Yep. <laughs> Love it. I, I wish Adam <laughs> was here to you know revel in your Fortnite journey with yeah. you. Zach, well. do you not like Fortnite? That's the vibe I'm getting. No, yeah, sorry. I like my games. R18 only, you know. Can't be played by children. No, not really. But R18. Uh, no, I've just never, like, n- never got Sherlock, into Sherlock, the Fortnite. click and collect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most mature game. That's it. See, I like a challenge with my games. Don't lie to us. You have Candy Crush on your phone. I do not. The only phone I have on my... What? The only game I have on my phone... <laughs> Is Blackjack. Blackjack. Oh. Not even Vampire Survivors, eh? Don't have oh. any other games. Yeah, I was actually sitting on the plane on last week and old mate from Checkpoint fell asleep next to me, puts his earphones in, goes straight to sleep. I'm like, yeah, righto. Guess we're... we're, we're <laughs> Cheers for the company. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was right. It was a very long day, but um, I was like, what do I have on my phone? Should I got something that I can play, like a broken sword or anything? Nah, just Blackjack. Mm. Yeah, Vampire Survivors, the hotness though. Nah. Oh, no, I mean, I'm, you definitely don't have um, gubbins. No, well, which I want to talk to you about because I've ha- I have been playing it. I found a way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So my well, I mean, that's okay. Well, that's actually where I was going to go go next. But uh, yeah, so my partner, she's got she's got an iPad. Uh, ah. I made sure to to download big dirty gubbins, and uh, I've played it a few times. It's good fun. Very it's pretty very, good. Very good fun. Do you have an iPhone? I do. And I've, I've played Gubbins. I just forgot until I was teasing you about not being able to play Gubbins. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. Did you, I wonder if the daily mode's all the same for everyone. 
Mm. Mm. Did you, well, so my daily mode today was just all the letter A. That's all it was. The whole, I don't think that's legal. The whole thing was just... Let me, let me find out. I will, I'll check my Gubbins daily mode right now. This is real-time reporting coming to you five days after recording. <laughs> Can you get Gubbins on Android? No. No. no you How about tablet Androids? No. Oh, yep. It's all the letter A. Yep. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So the, so the daily modes are the same for everyone. Um, no, but this is only a soft launch. I mean, we'll talk about it probably in, in the news, but, or, I mean, we'll pretty much covered it here, but yeah, so that, that soft launched on iOS in Australia and New Zealand for the moment. Mm -hmm. I think they're just oh, rolling out just, just to see how it goes, but I know that they were never planning to launch on Android up front. I don't think. Oh, okay. I think it's always Hopefully been at iOS first. Yeah. Well, you would think so because there's half your market really. Hmm. But um, I think yeah, it'll just be one of those things where they polish it out and get it get it going on iOS, and then off you go. But no, it's, it's been fun. The only thing, the only gripe against it is probably the music can get a little bit irritating. Mm. Uh, it's a little twee. Yeah, but it's also like if you're doing the same level for like 15 minutes, and mm -hmm. you're just hearing that same tune, you kind of like volume down. Yeah. yeah. So. Agreed. Other than that, it's a good time. Good time. Chantel, what have you been playing, my friend? What have I been playing? Um, let me see. I've been playing Dead by Daylight still. I have a toxic relationship with that game. Uh, but I also downloaded Sunless Sea recently. Yes. Oh. I've been playing that and that's been really fun. It's a very dense game. I don't know what game. I'm doing. No, and you <laughs> won't for a while, so don't feel bad about that. That game is dense. Yeah, I like it. I I didn't expect the combat to not be turn-based, so the first time I come up came up against a crab, he just like kept ramming my ship and I was like, "What the fuck is what are you doing? Stop. Yeah, Leave me alone." Time. You you'll, yeah. you'll probably avoid combat for the early hours. I think at least that was my experience you'll try to anyway yeah that's what i i run away in my submarine in my ship. oh yeah um but yeah that's really fun the writing's really neat. like a rpg more like i guess choose your own adventure game with a lot of dialogue and that was a happy medium for me so i'm looking forward to diving into it yeah it's super cool cool nathan how about you what have you been playing <laughs> Big old zero, my friend. Surviving. I'm, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to getting back to playing. So, um, I think the last big thing I played was yeah, wrapping up the Last of Us when we had our Last of Us cast a couple weeks back. Uh, I think when I get back to sinking my teeth into some games, will probably be this week. Will probably be hopefully round in time for Resident Evil Four, which I believe will have landed when this podcast has. I think if my, mm -hmm. my time is correct. So I think yeah. that's going to be me getting back into a bit of gaming. And I think that's going to be a, a very tasty way to jump back in. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, for me, it's pretty much all been content related. Uh, I flew to Sydney to play Redfall, which I'll probably talk about a little bit later. Ooh. Uh, but I quickly want to talk about Bramble, the Mountain King. I got access to another demo for that. 
which was a little preview again. Um, I did actually write a preview, then I deleted it. Well, no, I actually didn't choose to go ahead with it because once again, it was only like a... Was like that what a, you showed us that one time? That's that game, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, I mean like that, that really short preview build. Uh, same concept. So different okay. d- different level, but same, yeah, it's like that long. You know, it's only... Gotcha. Uh, I actually uploaded footage of the gameplay, uh, sorry, of the boss fight uh, to YouTube. So if you want to go check that out, that's on the website. Sorry, that's on the YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, this... this uh, so there was two levels. I actually... <laughs> Got the got the demo first, and then I looked at the. It's like you know, uh, chapter select, and there was two there. And I was like, hmm, that first one, I think that's what I've already played. So I played the second one, which is the boss fight. I was like, there's no context for this, whatever. Uh, recorded it, put it up, and then I realized that it's actually a, like a different build. So they've actually gotten rid of the, the first level that I played. So I went back and played this, and it's literally like you walking for ten minutes platforming a bit uh, you get like a little ball of light anyway so so brambles this like nordic uh folklore uh, sorry folk tale inspired uh adventure game from swedish developers called dim frost studio it's where you're uh, you play as a young boy whose sister has been kidnapped by a troll and you're off to basically go and rescue rescue her it's like a little uh it's like a creepy fairy tale sort of uh, third-person adventure. It's got fixed cameras uh, in, in the preview that I did write, but then I chose not to sort of go ahead with it because it was only it was such a small uh, hands-on. I'm like, how do I flesh 500 words at least out of this to kind of... So I was like, I'll just wait for the review. It, can, it comes out April 27, but I said that the game feels like it's from a, a like a PS2 kind of generation, but in like a charming kind of way. Like it doesn't feel dated. It just feels like it's... It's in yeah. It's like a charming kind of old feeling game. It's yeah. It's quick. It's got those fixed cameras and the uh, like the platforming sections that just are there because you can't just walk straight. You know you've got to have the player do something every now and again. Uh, and then there's the boss fight, which interesting. If you watch it, if you watch the gameplay, you will understand what I'm meaning. You can I can see people getting frustrated and probably bored bite a little bit it's like uh this boss fight so all the bosses from what i can tell they are like creatures from uh swedish or sorry nordic uh folklore right uh, and this one was this skogrissa something like that uh i'm sure ikea's got a bench or something that's that's named after it but um you it's this creature that's in the middle of it it's like this creature that has like a heart in its back and uh, the boss fight was basically you have this light and you go around this circle of trees you shoot the dolls that are from hanging from the tree while blocking while uh, waiting behind the trees while she throws like a taxi uh and you do that three, you know, you kill all the dolls around the circle. She falls to the ground. You run up, push a button, he attacks her. Uh, second second phase, you do it again kind of thing. So it's that kind of old school dated kind of boss fight. That part I didn't love as much, but the world's super beautiful. James has seen it before mm. and yeah. Just watching this boss fight now, it, it looks like it would be fine if you moved 
30% faster, yeah. you know, just if it was a bit snappier. Um, but yeah. But anyway, so I've, I've been playing that. I'm, uh, I am quite excited for the game to come out. So April 27, all platforms, I believe from memory, uh, including like your PS4s and your Xbox One. Not sure about Switch, maybe. Uh, and the other games I've been playing, uh, James will talk about. So maybe we'll go to James first and then I'll come back and I'll touch on uh, Redfall. So James, you're going to kick it off with... Mm-hmm. Well, up to you. Dealer's yeah. choice. <laughs> well, I, let, <laughs> let's get the big boy out of the way. It's it's a it's a hard shadow to escape from. So, um, Resident Evil Four is, uh, I mean, it's as close to perfect as I think a remake possibly could have been. Um, this is such a a delight to have had this early in the year, especially following on from you know the Dead Space remake was obviously fantastic as well. And I thought that that was you know like oh this is probably the best we can do in terms of reimagining you know. Uh, legendary action horror experiences, but what Resident Evil Four manages to do is, um, it, it just it, it perfectly the sort of the thesis of my review is that like it's expansion and retraction in terms of what Capcom have done here. Um, so this is the Division One team; these are the guys behind the Resident Evil Two remake, which I think for many people is you know effectively like they're probably their favorite Resident Evil game at this point. Um, oh, yeah. Not hard to see why. Um, what they've done here is they have celebrated and sort of galvanized the best of the original game. And I'm talking about like the kind of wacky tone of it, the humor of it, the uh, um, the horror of it, and obviously the action, but while also really smartly weaving together all of the components that to me, despite how much I love the original game, it is absolutely one of my favorites. You can tell that it was many things along its development cycle. And I think that as you get further into that game with the castle and stuff, you start seeing um, echoes of what the previous builds might've looked like, right? And so I think a lot of people have general pacing issues with the back end of that game for that reason, when you get to the, the you know, actually, yeah, I can't spoil things anymore because of the remake, but we'll, we'll get to that as well. Um, but what what they've managed to do here is <clears throat> effectively rebuild. It, it feels like a rebuild of their action system. It feels like they've been building up to this specific mechanics um, throughout the rest of their remakes because we have got easily Capcom's best action backbone here. Um, you know, Louis, we talked in the preview about the quick select weapons, how that sort of changed the pace of combat. And you can see why now, having played the full game, this is like a staggering amount of enemies on screen at once, like the an overwhelming sort of action experience. And so you need to be quickly switching through your guns. Uh, Leon is hefty, I would say. I think he moves with a good amount of weight behind him to, I think, maybe Can't emulate some shit, of man. the... Sorry? Can't run for shit. Uh, he really cannot. That is a, that's a slow jog on that man. He's got a constant <laughs> stitch, that man. Like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He, look, him and Ashley are always out of breath. I did notice that. They are they are panting the night away. Um, but look, um, so look, he he feels really good. There's a lot of vaulting. There's a lot of the um, the, the flipping and the kicking that you'd sort of expect from the original game. Um, context reactions to damaging enemies. So kneecap them, kick them in the head. Um, what they've done here is on top of the fact that the guns just feel fantastic. Aiming is very fluid. Um, reloading animations are smooth. It feels very John Wick at times, the way you see him sort of like, slamming something into his gun and then you know pulling it back out again and aiming it slightly to the side if an enemy's too close to him it's all very action cinema language i found um, which was quite satisfying and then on top of that they've also layered in a, a really great melee knife system which the knife in the original game was obviously a big part of it but was also very 
uh, I guess like specifically cheesed, I would say. Like you'd knock an enemy down and you'd do a very awkward slash at it to, to kick away at its health, right? Um, here, the knife has a lot more uh, contextual prompts. So you knock an enemy down and instead of the Los Plagas virus like popping out of their head, you get the option to like run up and actually stab them in the head, effectively stopping the transformation. Um, so that's really good. The knife is fully upgradable this time. It has a durability that you need to keep track of. Um, so there's a lot of like sort of and you can still smaller. Kill. Sorry? You can stealth kill using the knife. Well, exactly. Well. That, yeah, yeah that, that's like sort of the next thing that the knife ties into, which is the game has a fully functional stealth system. I've, I've look, it's it's not a hitman. You know what I mean? It's not revolutionary. You don't get like the little notification bars about if an enemy's about to spot you or whatever. Um, but Leon is able to crouch and move around quietly, and so because of that, you are able to move through certain sections with an effective stealth tactic. So you sneak up, stab him in the neck. They're done. The bodies disappear, so no one's ever going to be found. Um, and so all these systems tie together to be like just an immensely thing to a satisfying thing to play. Just as a, a pure game action experience, I'm I'm in love with this thing already, right? And then you add on top of that the fact that it's a remake of Resident Evil 4. And you know, with all of that taking only the best parts of it. Ashley has been completely rewritten here. Um, for, for those who don't know, I guess like, I've been talking about this as if everyone immediately understands Resident Evil 4, but Leon S. Kennedy, after the events of Resident Evil 2, gets dispatched to the Spanish countryside to track down the president's daughter, Ashley Graham. Um, and then once he's there, he finds evidence of a cult called the Los Illuminados, and they have effectively uh, taken over the townsfolk in this rural area and turned them into mindless, not zombie, but like slave creature type things. Um, and then as the night goes on, um, things get out of hand and yada, 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 Resident Evil stuff happens in the background. All of that is still intact from the first game, but what they have managed to do is rewrite a good chunk of it. And so Ashley goes from being this very like, you know, peak example of 2005 gendered writing uh, of a... Uh, like a um, companion character who's always oh, screaming for help and she's pretty useless. She's no longer useless. She feels like a fully fleshed out human being in her own right. Her and Leon get a chance to talk a lot more, which is really refreshing and surprisingly warm at times. Resident Evil is never going to be Shakespeare, right? But what they are able to do here with Leon and the other characters that are sort of orbiting him, and you, you'd especially get this with some of the later changes in the game, which we very specifically were told not to spoil, so it's, it's kind of hard to praise the best parts of this. Um, but everyone feels like a human, or as much as they can feel like a human inside of the world of Umbrella and zombies and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, and it just, it all coalesces into this, like, perfect experience to me. Like there are things missing from the original Resident Evil 4 and I can definitely understand why people will lament those losses. But to me, what's what's removed is all in service of making it a more cohesive and tightly paced action and horror experience. It's still very scary. It's very tense, plays really well. Um, the way certain areas have been reinterpreted gave me, I said this in my review, it was like a weird nostalgic vertigo because I would expect to walk into a certain situation and find something else completely different. Even if you eventually you know, find yourself back in the same spot you would have been in the original. The path to get there has been condensed and smashed together and remixed in really interesting ways. And it just, all of it speaks to me of like a company that is completely on fire at the moment. I don't think Capcom have had a miss over their past, what, is this five games now that they've done? Probably, like, yeah. That, that seems uh, right to me. RE3 has probably been probably the only one that you could go, it was a bit weak, but still but it, yeah. was, it certainly still wasn't bad well. no, no. Yeah. well that's it I yeah really I, I, it. I had a great time with RE3 I've, I've platinum that game like I, I think it's a really great blockbuster cheesy action movie right and yeah. and this is in a similar vein at times but it's also incredibly melodramatic while also being 
maybe their most sincere attempt at dealing with PTSD and, you know, the, the interactions between human beings and how those all play out in the end. And uh, yeah, I, I cannot sing its praises enough. Like it, we ended up giving it a 10. There, there was nowhere else I could possibly go with this score. I, I absolutely adored it. That's a How, 10, maybe. Um, <clears throat> that is a 10. Definitely for, a 10. For people that are scared of horror such as myself, how playable mm. is this game in comparison to RE2? Um, <clears throat> much mm. more playable, I would say. Like, mm. there are definitely horror elements. Um, and as, as Leon's night rolls on, you do see some increasingly horrifying things but i never feel like it tips over into being outright scary scary scary, i guess um like you know there there are certain sections of like village that i found and and seven especially that are genuinely horror experiences like they kind of ditch any pretense other than that i don't think this ever quite goes that far there's a lot of horror imagery um and i think that the way they've updated it to match the kind of current semi-realistic resident evil graphic system is really good and you're going to see a lot of very gory and scary things but i don't feel like you're ever genuinely scared it's just more about a ongoing tense reaction to the action okay that's that's good because the mr x and like the sewers (laughs) in re2 seriously traumatized me (laughs) there is a did you play and and look i don't have to give any details on this there is a fantastic mr x fake out moment in this game i would say that made me fucking chuckle i had a really good time with it (laughs) did you play village chantel um yes but i wasn't scared by village yeah i think if you weren't scared by that i think you'll be fine yeah then i I was i was more scared by re2 it terrified me I yeah. think I don't know why it just did. That's fair, uh, Zach. I'm correct in assuming you haven't finished it yet. No, so I'm playing it okay. with Anna, um, and we. Right, yeah. I'm up to chapter five, uh, and there's lots of little things that this game does oh, okay. already yeah. that are very cool. So I'm, I'm still. The goal was to play through a huge chunk of it on the weekend. Played like two hours. Like that's that's how that mm. that's how my weekend kind of went. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I adore it. I love it. It is mm. phenomenal. Like the combat, I think I was saying to people uh, when I was going to Sydney, but like this combat is probably close to the third, uh, the best third person action combat I feel like I've played, like in my hands playing it, like the haptics, mm-hmm. the guns, it just feels weighty and it feels tanky and like that, that handgun just, oh. I know, yeah. Like right off the bat, you get a fantastic weapon and then it only gets better from there. I think there was one gun I ended up not using, um, but that wasn't because it felt bad. I just didn't have room in my little Mm. attache case. (laughs) Uh, The merchant, which we we can talk about, can't we? We we can talk about his existence, just not what he offers. Yeah, Yeah, he's been... I was... So when someone I know interviewed Ari, the Ari people last year... I was like asking this, which is a question about the merchant, you know, how they went about rewriting him and that challenge of that sort of thing. I don't think they actually answered it, but that's one of the things I was concerned with is that I love the merchant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is excellent in this. Like some of his yeah. lines and just even just his delivery and his his accent is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I've come away preferring this merchant. Um, which is like a, a bold claim because the original mm. Merchant is obviously one of the more iconic elements of Resident Evil 4, but the 
the camaraderie that I felt with yeah. this merchant by the time that I was done. Um, and just also obviously the, the mechanical upgrades to him are, are fantastic as well. Um, but yeah, he very funny, very entertaining presence in that game. And I love that they don't try to explain it at all. He just, he exists in that world. <laughs> yeah. You just got to roll with it. Um, what else do I love? I love the, the little chapter, um, which I feel like this is, this came from, this came from maybe from the re from the, from the remakes themselves, but the chapter mm-hmm. four or, you know, the text that shows up that you're beginning like a different chapter, right? Just the yeah. way that that like, the little like, yeah, like simmers <laughs> out. It's just, yeah. just all the little details, the way that Leon pushes the doors. Like we, we spoke about it, yeah. watching it from the, the hands off preview, but just, just doing those things, just all of mm-hmm. it, just right. And like the atmosphere is, again, like oh, it's sensational. It's it, and that's it, like RE2's atmosphere. I think is probably one of its greatest selling points, right? Like that game feels very tactile and wet and you know scary, like Chantel was saying. Yeah. And and this just ratchets that up even further to me. Um, it, it's yeah, incredible stuff. Mm, I, like I, I love how it opens with um, like the same kind of thing, but as sort of you were saying, they've they've rebuilt it to take a different. Um, mm. a different um, path kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the opening house teaches you straight away. It's like stealth is going to be viable for you here. You will yeah. occasionally need to hide. Um, and that alone just gives it a, a different sense of horror than the original ever had because the original, like there's, there's no different languages. There's no modes. It's just, you should, mm. you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I can, that we can talk about without. There's something I, I, desperately want to talk about i i know i specifically can't but i will say the end credits are one of my favorite things in any resident evil game like exceptional and i cannot wait for you to see it zach like you specifically zach (laughs) well i've got it yeah so i'm playing yeah because i'm playing with that and that's fine uh but yeah yeah, that's um, when you get there yeah well uh yeah we're just going a little bit a bit slower but she's enjoying it uh the puzzles how are you finding how'd you find the puzzles in this one there was there was a, a couple that I don't want to say they stumped me, but they took me a little bit of figuring mm-hmm. out. There's a one with a like a stained glass window, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, you, yeah, that one I think initially seems really complicated, and then like I, I took a beat because I, I spent a good minute being like, "How the fuck am I ever going to solve this?" Yeah, I, know. I was like, "Oh wait, no, it's okay." Just you know. well, I knew what I had to do, but I couldn't find just the the connection to make it to get the ball rolling. Yeah. I couldn't find make your that. brain kind of click. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. There's a, a mid game puzzle that I was convinced the game was broken. I was like, Oh, I've solved it. What's <laughs> fucking wrong. Like I had a proper <laughs> let's hard reset. Let's do a reinstall. Let's see what we can figure out. I was just missing this one tiny detail and I felt uh, like a fucking moron, <laughs> but uh, they're good. I like the puzzles though. And I, I like that. It feels very, um, you know, you, there's a lot of, keys that you find in the open world to open up these little drawers that are hiding um, ammo and loot drops and whatnot. Um, there's more puzzles than there were in the original game. It does feel like it's very, like a lot of people talk about Resident Evil as having like great puzzles. And I, I think those people are going to be very satisfied here. How hard and fast is, because you'd probably remember the embargo more than me. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the merchant and keys or we can't talk about the merchant and keys? Uh, let's say no to be safe because yeah. I think stuff around the merchant is just like that he exists and the initial weapons, nothing yeah, else. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because there's something yeah. that they do with this game that I really quite like. Um, yeah. Can I ask, just to be a total asshole about like, oh, we know embargoed stuff. Did you go down a certain elevator yet? 
No. Sweet. Cool. Please message me when you do. No. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> I've, well, hang on. Are we talking? Is this regarding the merchant? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. That was, um. The, I, I wish I'd been well, able to write about that. Are we talking about the, <laughs> the thing? Uh, I'll message it to you. The, anyway, let's, uh, yeah. but yeah. You tried so, really hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's the, that's the frustrating part is that there's so much here that I, I do want to talk about because I think it's all really good and like I would love to just sell the game to you guys even more. Um, but at the same time, I understand where they're coming from because so much has changed and because so much of this game, even as someone who is like intimately familiar with the original, I had genuine little like gasps of like, <gasps> like delight surprise playing this. And so I, I, I don't, I understand never wanting to rob that of anybody else. So And the best thing is that you actually did play the original prior yeah i just 100 it on playstation like a week before this dropped um so i did my little professional mode run which was uh incredible uh, i've seen I, I never thought that i could see something new in resident evil 4 but I, I really did and it was a good way to sort of cap off my end time with that game and i guess one one thing i'll finish on here is i don't feel like this remake is attempting to replace the original um you can buy the original on everything um i imagine you'll be always be able to it's a staple of capcom's sort of library um this feels much more in conversation with its source material instead of an outright replacement so like dead space i would say you don't need to play the original you can play the remake and get the experience this is it's resident evil 4 in a new way not the only way one last quick question for you how do you think this will play in vr when it does come to vr hopefully really great um i I, I don't imagine the mechanics will feel as satisfying in vr i just think that it would be difficult to convey the kind of like oomph of a lot of this without that third person camera work going on Mm. um but i would love to try it yeah cool all right well yeah you can read james's 10 out of 10 review on the website it's maybe not quite as good as the game itself but the review is 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 pretty good it's a it's hard up act there. to follow <laughs> it is it is <laughs> anything with leon in it uh leon proper oh, he's Can't so good in this game i love him <laughs> he's a uh, i just the jacket man the jacket doesn't it's get beautiful doesn't get long enough uh long enough air time just no, like, it yeah, it, it drops pretty quick. Yeah. But but that Great was the guns same, though. That was the same as the first game though. It's a, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, there's a very specific moment where he's tied up with his arms above his head, and let me just say, Jesus <laughs> Christ, good game. Good game. Oh, tease me. Yeah. All right. So last week I was uh, fortunate enough to go to Sydney to play Redfall, uh, which is the game from Arcane and Bethesda. Arcane. Austin, which is the, the studio behind Prey, which I didn't love. Uh, I do love Arcane, but really? I yeah didn't. Yeah, I was. I, was I thought I was alone in that. I was lukewarm on Prey. Bounced off it. Um, I finished oh, it. Thought it was overrated. No, I didn't yeah, even finish. It. I think I played like a few hours, and I was like, nah, just not not get into this. The, the uh, guns I, are really unsatisfying throughout. Yeah, and I really, really wanted the original Prey. Prey 2, whatever it was, Prey Reboot, whatever it was that they... A like human head or whatever yeah, it was. That, yeah, that looked, that looked really cool. Because um, this didn't feel like Prey. And I think they even actually, uh, there's a thing with, um, what's his name, Ralph or something, uh, the former guy from Arcane, one of the founders who went and did uh, Wild Wild West or whatever it was called, Wild West. 
Weed oh, Weed West. West. Weed, Weed, Weed West. He, he, he was saying that Bethesda wanted Prey on the, like that's what the title was going to be. Uh, and they were like, dumb decision. Anyway, uh, so I, I got to go and play Redfall, which is the vampire uh, game set in Redfall, but it's uh, co-op. Single player or co-ops. Now, uh, the people that I went with, so I went with a bunch of media from, from, from Melbourne, we were convinced that this was going to be a multiplayer session, right? No, nah, this was a single player session. So really, oh. yeah. So one of my so I, I don't know if we've <coughs> I've been we've I know we've talked about it a little bit, but um, as even though I do like Arcane, like Dishonored's one of my probably you know top five fa- like favorite games. Good choice. I wasn't. I'm not that hot on Redfall. Every time I see it, I kind of lose a little bit more interest in it more hype like i get i'm like eh whatever however after playing it i'm a lot i'm a i'm a lot warmer to it than what i was going in i still think i still think still think there's some question marks but again like this is only i only played it for 90 minutes so it's only kind of a small sample of what you know what of what the game is but they they did give us a build that was uh, that we had access to a lot of stuff we wouldn't have access to in the game at that point. So I think they spec'd up our characters to give us a bunch of weapons and money and things to go and buy skill points with. So, um, so yeah, we kind of got, got to experience uh, like an early mission but with a later build, if that makes sense. But, um, yeah, so... This game can be played, yeah, solo or co-op, you know, and this was a single-player build. The mission that we got to play was you are... I don't know if... Has anyone watched the recent trailer? No. So we watched that right before we went and played the game, right? It's like a new... It's a story trailer. So this gives a lot of context to what happens kind of in this world a little bit because before I saw this trailer, I just assumed it was... Just, you know, there was just vampires there and they've taken over this city and whatnot. But it appears that they are actually scientifically engineered. So they're, they've been cooked up in a lab, um, right? So there's this doctor, there's this company called Avum or Avium, however you say it again. And they are like a therapeutics company and they were doing, doing experiments and basically created vampires um, and then the people who run the company decided to actually make themselves vampire gods. Uh, and then they decided to seal off the, all the exits and entries in and out of Redfall. And then the people that, that were there, um, yeah, you know, they, they either got eaten, they either started worshipping the vampires, they died, or they became like these uh, vampire fighters, right? Uh, which is where your characters are. So there's four characters that you can choose from. Let me just get up my notes here. So you've got uh, Jacob, which... He, uh, so every character has their own ability and their own like uh, ultimate move or ultimate power. Uh, not, not really sure how. Uh, I don't think they've touched on that yet, but again, you know, just, one, just one of those video game things that it is what it is. So Jacob, uh, he's actually the character that I went with, but he has uh, a raven. It's like a bird that you can send off into certain sections, like wherever you're aiming this bird, and it will pick up 
and highlight enemies in that um, in that region, right? So it's like Eagle Eye, I think, is, is kind of what I compared it to from, from Assassin's Creed. Uh, then he's also got a cloak. So you can cloak yourself and go invisible for X amount of time. And, yeah, that helps you with kind of getting around the world. And his power or his ultimate is his ghost rifle that deals, like, super damage to enemies and stuff like that. I think, like, low-level vampires, it'll one-shot them. Uh, I would assume because there's tankier vampires, and you know, like there is in all, all, all these kinds of games, different brutes and stuff. Um, I don't think that they were better one-shot those. But and then you got the, your other characters, which are Davinda, and he has an arc javelin, so he'll throw this javelin and it'll electrocute people within a certain radius. Uh, he also has a like teleportation device, so he'll throw this device to a roof or whatever it may be, and then he'll teleport to that roof and his ultimate is black light so it's like this light that he you know sticks into the ground it's like a flag you know sticks it into the ground then throws black light out and it'll uh, basically freeze the vampires that are caught in the light and then i know that again for the low level vampires he can can go up and break them you know smash them to dust kind of thing Uh, you've also got remy and she has a c4 charge uh, a robot that can go and d- distract enemies and her ultimate i can't really remember exactly what it does but it's like a circle of something so i'm not too sure if it freezes or it immobilizes people within that circle and they can't move uh, yeah i'm not too sure i have to go after d- double check exactly what her ultimate does but that's hers and layla uh, has this lift which is uh well, they, they call it lift and it's like a a step so it allows her to kind of springboard up to higher places or if she's jumping down from high places, she can put the the thingy on the, on the, on the ground and it'll stop the fall damage kind of thing. But her ultimate is a vampire ex-boyfriend. So you can summon him and he will then go out and attack um, other vampires and stuff. So, yeah, our mission was to go and... Uh, investigate this guy called Dr. Addison who is one of the uh, who we think is the creator of this virus or this vampire plague in his home lab and you and you have to and your thinking is that uh, you know if he did all this research and whatnot in his home lab there must be answers as to why or to how he can be stopped he's one of the vampire gods as they're called uh, known as the hollow man uh, so I make reference in my little article here that it's not uh, not Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh, man. Although <laughs> I did have a little, like, uh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> moment when I got to that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's basically your mission. And we had 90 minutes to kind of go and do that. And we had a, f- a few tools. So you start the mission or the demo that we started was at the fire station of Redfall. And that's your, like, home base kind of thing. That's where you will... Get your weapon. Are uh, you upgrade your weapons? Purchase weapons. Purchase ammunition. Purchase health kits. All that sort of stuff, right? You will. You'll do all of that there. There's M- NPCs that you can sort of talk to. Some will give you a little bit of info, while others will just go, eh, just whatever. But yeah, you, you kind of go out into the world, and from very early on going out into the world, I can see why people think this might be inspired by Far Cry. I do. I got the sense a bit later that this is very much a 
Ubisoft open world game made by Arcane. Kind of in the same way that um, Ghost of Tsushima felt like an Ubisoft game made by PlayStation or Sony, right? So you've got you're going from point A to point B. Well, you know, you've got a mission that you've got to go and do out there in the world, and then you've got things through the world, like safe houses that you can that you can go and um, activate uh, in in the world. I actually didn't finish this demo because I spent 15 minutes of my 90 minutes trying to activate this one safe house, but we could not fucking figure it out. Um, I got right towards the end too. I was like two minutes from the end, end of this demo, but. Uh, but yeah, so there's like safe houses that you can activate and I assume that they will, when you die, because when you die, I kept going back to the fire station. So I would assume that you can, that you respawn back at those points. So you're not having to go back halfway across the map again. Um, and there's nests, nests are things like, they're little pockets of the world that you can kind of go into and you'll have to fight. Like, I mean, it is what it is, you know, it is what it kind of sent sounds like it. it's a nest of vampires you go through and they get harder uh, the more you know um the more vampires and stuff that you kill and that so they're quite cool that was my first interaction within the world i saw a nest i'm like yep gonna go do it and i died pretty much uh instantly right so the one thing that confused me a little bit is uh you can only stake so when you've come uh come across a vampire so these vampires will be floating in the world and this is where i kind of feel like it's got that far cry flavor to it right is you know in like far cry 5 and stuff like that you'll be driving through the world or running through the world whatever it is that you do and a car will just come past or you'll come across a house or like a shack or whatever and there's a little pocket of you know a little thing of like enemies there right and then you'll die then you go back and you go and you go back to that point and there'll be no enemies there. Like there will have respawns somewhere else kind of in the world. So vampires and that, they kind of spread randomly throughout this this world. Like if you die and then you go back to, you know, you take the same route, that same vampire or whatever is not always going to be in that same spot, right? So they're within the world, they're kind of randomized. There's also goons and they're called cultists. And they are like these people that worship uh, the vampires and stuff like that so yeah like they're also randomly spread throughout the world um and that's kind of where i get where i kind of get that vibe from like that kind of far cry vibe because they're just there in the world uh, floating around there just inhabiting this little space why don't i like you know the, the like the vampires like it, it is quite cool like they'll just be hovering in this spot right uh and then you can engage with them but once you get them down once you've basically taking their health bar down you can stake them now i know that myself and a few other people who were playing thought the game might have been bugged out because i had access to a handgun an assault rifle and a sniper rifle um shooting these people i was like yep cool i i uh, put the stake into one of them wicked and combat actually feels quite meaty and it's got good weight behind it too. Like the handgun, probably not as good as RE4, but there's a solid punch behind it. But uh, when I was shooting someone else, I must have been using like the handgun, right? And I ran up to this vampire to try and do the stake. No stake option. I'm like, what's going on? The vampire then regenerates its health. I then died 
got the uh, tap on the shoulder and they're like, you actually have to have the weapon that has the stake on it to be able to actually kill them completely. Uh, I don't know if I love that mechanic because there is a lot of times where you can be crowded with, you know, three or four zombies, uh, not zombies, sorry, vampires. And if you have to keep switching back and forth between weapons to just to stake them, it can get pretty chaotic. Um, so yeah, I didn't, don't, don't know if I lo- loved it, but then it made me be play a bit more tactile. So I was using the handgun quite a bit. And then whenever I was getting into uh, close to the finale, I would then switch out to my assault rifle, which has the, the stake on it. Uh, and then I was able to finish them off and kill them that way. Uh, yeah. So, but I, I did quite enjoy combat. Uh, but that's probably one part of it that I didn't love entirely. But you can pick up other weapons that have the stake on them. So I actually picked up another weapon through within, within the world and it had a stake on it, right? So I then had two guns that had the stakes on them. So I'm sure there's you can probably load up with multiple weapons with stakes. Um, I would probably have pre- preferred it if it was just you just had a stake with you like the whole time and you just went up to them and you pushed that prompt. Um, but I think that would make more sense for hunters, right? To have a stake on them? Yeah. So, yeah, like so to, to have that be part of your permanent arsenal. Yeah. So with mine, it was the assault rifle. So on the mm-hmm. end of the assault rifle was, uh, yeah, the, you'd shoot them and then you'd stab them like with the gun, right? Um, yeah. So pretty cool. It's very story driven. Like I think they made that quite clear in our little pre preview uh, spiel that um, this is very much a story-driven game. Uh, I don't. It's not going to be like Back for Blood in that kind of sense. I think it's going to be like you can 100% play this game single player. Uh, I was going in, like one of my concerns around it was that this was going to be, uh, that would lean more into multiplayer. And if you didn't kind of play with, with people, you weren't kind of getting the full experience. You were kind of just getting an inferior kind of playthrough. Um, that's definitely not the case here. You can 100% play this game and people that went into the session, they, who were being like, this is, you know, this is probably going to be better multiplayer post playing it. They were like, no, I actually think this works better as a single player game. Um, I still think it'll be quite cool with a group. I think there's, especially within the open world. That's my biggest concern though, is, is the open world. It feels quite barren, uh, and there's not like a lot to kind of do. But you, but like with any kind of arcane game, you can approach things from multiple uh, goes. You know, so I kind of went forward like the first time to try and get to this big house that I had to go to. Tried it a couple of times, ended up getting killed both times. So then I went left, right? You know, I went left and went down this way. I found a nice path, found this like place that I'd cleared out. Um, so yeah, I kind of went back through these back streets and stuff. But it do, it does feel very open worldy in that sense. Um, but it's cool. Like, I think it's, yeah, it's quite cool. And like I used a d- more like a dishonored build. I-, I felt like I was playing like stealthy, slow, you know, using the the cloak to kind of go invisible and kind of sneak up behind. And you can't stealth kill. So you, even if you walk up behind um, like some goons, you can't actually, there's no like stealth kill thing. You've got to actually shoot them in the head uh, unless there is a, a bit later maybe with a different weapon. But 
yeah, I definitely didn't have that option. So that, that's where the cloak came in, in handy. You'd kind of sneak around and do that. Um, what else? Yeah, I mean, then I kind of, you know, fast forward a bit to the kind of end of the mission. You're in this guy's mansion and that's where it definitely favours, I think, a single player experience because uh, it is quite tight. You know, you're in this ha- this the house, you know, and I could send the raven up through like a flight of stairs, see who was kind of in that vicinity, go upstairs and do it that way. And it was quite tense. So there were a few moments where it gets quite tense and stuff. And But yeah, um, overall I had fun. I was actually quite impressed. I did not think I would like it as much as I did. Do I think it's going to be amazing? Probably not. I think it'll be a solid fun time though. But again, this is only based off 90 minutes of of play. So not to ask you, I guess, too broad or heady a question, but like when I think about an arcane game, you know, there's a there's a certain like zhuzh to it. There's yeah. a magic to to what they do, right? There's a flavor do you, yeah, for sure. Yeah, do you see it here? Hundred percent. Yeah. So this this okay. so you'll even if you watch the story trailer that they put out, you'll kind of get that vibe from you know the art mm-hmm. style and the kind of um yeah and i definitely get that feeling like there's powers you know there's the powers mm-hmm. that you can play with and there's the different directions that you can take to kind of get in like so when you go to this person's house you know you don't just walk up the front door and that's it right you know there's multiple ways to get in and, and that might change based on which character you are too so if you have this yep. this 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 character who's got this the um teleportation device you know, that might allow you access in a certain way, whereas the other three characters may not. Um, no, so I think there's lots of um, different ways that you can approach missions, which I think is Arcane's biggest. Yeah, it's um, very Arcane. You know, yeah. One of their DNA strong points is is that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious to, as to how the open world will play out though, like what mm. and... Unfortunately, so we actually had access to the creative director of this game for an interview, but it was very last minute and I wasn't able to make it. I have fired off some written questions. I'm not going to get them back before the preview goes up, so that's a bit frustrating, but I kind of asked about the open world in that um, and how they kind of are going to not make it feel like bloatware. No, no, sorry, not bloatware, like um, bloat missions and stuff like that make it kind of meaningful because it is kind of that thing where there's a nest here there's a nest there there's a nest over there and you walk around and there's a random enemies here and then there's a safe house that you can go and get over there mm, then starts to feel like a box ticking exercise yeah a little bit uh, um yeah it's not quite as clear-cut i think as a um ubisoft kind of game like you know you're not going to a certain point of the map to activate that part of the map kind of thing, um, which I don't think they do as much anymore, do they? Or do they still do that? Mm, it's, it's still present. I don't yeah. know if it's as... Yeah, I know what you mean. The whole, yeah. like, hit the radio beacon yeah. and reveal the area. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they do that in Far Cry 6. So I, I think they kind of pull back out of that. But maybe in Assassin's Creed they do. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's got more of a Far Cry flavor open world than, like, an Assassin's Creed Um and there's like side missions and stuff that you'll that, that you'll get along the way too. So um, there's one that oh, I didn't do it, but I it came up on my thing. Hey, you can go and do this, and I cannot remember what it is. Uh, and f- unfortunately, we couldn't uh, do any capture, so I, I didn't write it down because shout outs to me. But um, 
Pembroke. Uh, so we'll, um, yeah. But I think there's going to be, actually, no, I can't say that. I can't, no, I can't do that. But I think, Nathan, you'll definitely enjoy this. Yeah, uh, everything you've said so far hasn't actually really rattled my interest. It's just putting it more into the junk food category, mm. which I'm still very much happy to entertain. Yeah, see, the thing, like the difference between something like a Back for Blood, I think, is that I don't even know what that story was about. Like, I couldn't even tell you now. Like, and we played it together. Right. No. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember what the whole thing was. This is very much, I feel like that was, uh, you know, that game was very much, like I said, tailored towards that multiplayer experience. Whereas this is yeah. very much a story driven thing. Like you are doing missions that push the narrative forward in like an actual meaningful way. Um, yeah. Back for Blood didn't really have its own identity. It was just writing the coattails of Left for Dead. It does yeah. sound like Redfall is trying to do its own thing. Yeah. So it's definitely, and yeah, and, that, and that's why you can easily play this game single player and, and have just as good of an experience as if you were playing it with people. I think with people will be fun. Uh, whether it's better, I couldn't tell you because I haven't, haven't played it with people. But mm. I think, uh, yeah, either way, I think yeah, this is, I think this is going to be a solid little title. No, not little, but a solid title. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I don't know, for how you're explaining it, like it sounds very mid like junk food esque. <laughs> sounds a bit shit. For a co-op game, a hundred and twenty dollars is, is it? yes, is a lot is this for a junk food for Redfall? game. No yes. way. Are they charging that the much? Pre, now? The pre is that it's like on my a, scene. Is that a special um, No, the pre purchase is one twenty and the edition version is one seventy. To be honest, though, who is actually buying Xbox games these days? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. I, I don't mean. I don't mean that. In Not such on a, launch. I'll say I that. I don't mean that in such a negative way. I meant like because it's oh, on you meant like a Game Pass thing. Because it's on Game Pass. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. that. Who is fucking oh, buying Xbox game games because they're rubbish? No, I meant because it's on Game Pass day one, right? So who's actually who's spending one fifty on this game or one sorry one twenty mm. on? That's a lot, and also for a game that like is co-op i think that that's ridiculous like expecting people to call for that that this isn't a game that wouldn't be on my yeah, radar you like and the lad spending a cool half grand <laughs> to yeah <play> <laughs> together <laughs> the so just to touch back again on the um so the story driven stuff is cool i think like that that's very cool uh, and the story actually sounds relatively interesting so there's things like in the open world right that i was kind of scratching my head about so it'll be, there's like a day-night cycle, not in the sense like a dying light, but there's, you know, it goes night, goes day. Uh, in the day, there are vampires just floating around, hanging about like it's just Blade, mate. Um, which is, I was like, kind of like a bit confused as, you know, it's why, and then obviously it's, it's because they're being, you know, developed in a little lab somewhere. But if normal vampire rules don't apply to them, why can we still stake them? And why are they still affected by UV light? There's just a bunch of questions within this world that I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll find out the answers to, but um, it's like, you know, they can obviously hang around in the day, but they're still kind of garlic on their, you know, kind of regalic bread. Um, so, 
but we'll see. The, the other thing is that once the story finishes, is there any um, is there any reason to go back and play this game? Like, is there any replayability? Mm. Are, are they going to support this game post-launch? Now, in the story trailer, the, re- the reason why I asked you if, you if you've seen the story trailer is because at the end of that, they mention there's a thing that says like a hero pass. Um, so I'm wondering if there's going to be some form of monetization or if this means that if this means that there'll be more content (laughs) coming um i actually think it's fun i I generally had a good time like i enjoyed my hands on with it i I went into this like i right here like i didn't like prey right which is what i've written and that's what arcane austin did before right death loop only played like an hour and i quite I i really did like that dishonored i loved right yeah, 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 um, yeah. But this game, I was very, I was very lukewarm on Red Bull going in. I was kind of like, ah, am I the right person to go? Sure, um, but I actually really enjoyed it. Or I, yeah. you know, I've I've come I've come away with a better understanding of what it is, and a lot more excited to play it when it does come out. Uh, but yeah, I'm and that one of the questions I did ask old mate is um, if they will how much kind of support they're going to be given this game post-launch. Mm. Uh, and obviously I haven't got the questions back, so I'll be yeah, curious. I'm interested to see if there's like some kind of post-game here. Yeah. Like what happens after the credits roll is if definitely a big question world, mark. Yeah. It would have to be. Because, yeah, it's like, you know, like the Rainbow Six extraction kind of thing, right? You know, like you're back for Bloods. You can go back and you can replay those missions, I assume. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so there's that kind of. But here, because it's a story game, once you've obviously completed a mission, you're gonna to have to re, you have to restart in, not restart in, restart a new story. Anyway, we've talked it's about Red Bull for, yeah. for ages. Like we've already already one hour. We haven't even got to. <laughs> yeah, I also wonder why they made it open world. If I don't know, I really like their original like Dishonored format. So I think I was reading yesterday today. There's no, it wasn't today. It was yesterday. They, someone talked about they're going to go back to those open zones or open area mm. games or whatever you want Thank to God. call them. I th- yeah, I don't know who it was from Arcane, but someone said they, they're looking. Yeah, I'll have to look at my, uh, yeah, what I was reading. I, I, can't, I can't recall, but it was somewhere. They uh, talked about that, but um. Uh, one of someone else I know who actually did get to chat with the um, director, they asked a question about the always online aspect. Because mm. in this game, you have to be always online, right? Uh, and their response was, "We've heard the feedback, basically, you know, like, yeah." So I wonder if that ties into that, um, you know, going back to. Yeah, open. I hope it flops so then they can go back. <laughs> Gee whiz. Shout outs to Bethesda for the trip. We hope, we hope your game <laughs> flops. I love your other games. Uh, no. No, I think it, I think this will be fun. I think when you actually play it, you'll enjoy it. Because combat is quite fun. Like $120, is, I'm never going to play it. Don't you have Game Pass, bro? Come on. That's not the point. We'll surely, surely, <laughs> surely feels... Phil's found a way to get inside your computer or Xbox. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you squeezed in. The other game I've been playing, 
and it's a game that James has reviewed, is Dredge. Yay! Excite me. I'm ready. Oh, that was me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> me sorry, I, 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 for some reason in my mind, you were going to take that. I was like, yeah, I did review it, but I mean, if you, you go for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he did just talk for forty minutes. Yeah, so yeah, it's your that, time. that's fine. Uh, yeah, it was a 40 good minutes? stuff. Good it stuff. was a long time, wasn't it? It was. It was a. It was a hefty amount. Someone of time. should have just. It's good. It's good to hear from you. Is you know? it? Got to catch Someone up. Someone needs to shut yeah. me up, man. I'm gonna have nothing to talk about when I do the review. Anyway, go on. So this is why you got to let me host. I'm better at this than you are. <laughs> <laughs> I cut people off. <laughs> well, you didn't. You didn't cut me off then. You should have. Nah, because you know, Dad's back in the house. I gotta. I gotta take my seat. I'm not man of the house anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was fading out of existence. It was fine. <laughs> All right, Dredge, Dredge, Dredge. So we've talked about Dredge a lot on this show. Um, it, it's difficult to kind of go over the premise again, but I'm going to give it my best try. Uh, this is Black Salt Games's uh, fishing sim meet um, cosmic horror um, narrative, I suppose. So you are playing as an amnesiac fisherman who uh, basically winds up on a small island and to pay off the debt for his new boat, he needs to go fishing and sell those things back to the local community, thus bolstering the community and building it up from the kind of shitty semi-abandoned state that it's in now. Um, over the course of your time here, you learned that uh, this island and the surrounding, I think there's about five or six different other locations that you can go to that are, you know, substantially sized anyway. Um, this is a sort of portion of a nondescript area of the world that is uh, plagued by um, really horrific cosmic things that are, you know, just really wrecking the fish in, the, in this local area. So you do have your basic standard fish that you can catch and sell during the day. Uh, but then as the sun goes down, you have the option of catching these kind of like spooky, haunted, disgusting fish that are all being warped by... Um, boss creatures i suppose would be sort of like the biggest surprise to me about this game is that like the narrative that exists beyond the initial premise is um you eventually meet someone who tasks you with heading out and dredging the depths uh hence the title um in those depths is where you find these intricate artifact things and they are tied to your lost memories um that's about all i can say without really going into any more detail on where all of that goes um typically these items are found in the named locations on the map it's sort of like a wind waker-esque map so just you know big open ocean a lot of places you can sail around to and in engage with at your at your leisure it lets you set your own pace, which is quite lovely. That never really, uh, it never holds your hand as such. It, it it gives you the list of things you need to do, and then it sort of says to you, "Hey, if you just want to go fishing, just go fishing." You know, if all you want to do is dredge during the day, save up your money, upgrade your boat through. Uh, I think you can go through four different hull expansions. Uh, with each one, you can add new fishing equipment, obviously, so you can uh, fish at deeper depths, uh, add more lights to scare things off at night so that you don't get too spooked out. Um, because if you get too scared, that's when the monsters start attacking and your ship can become damaged and and, and so on. Um, fishing is handled through a series of mini games that sort of escalate in complexity based on the uh, depth of fish that I think you're trying to catch um it's a lot of just like you know um a line hits the colored portion you hit your button at that exact moment and it speeds up the process um the the time element there being a massive one because everything you do in dredge whether it's moving or fishing or dredging will progress the world clock uh and so obviously you don't want to be out on the open sea at night because of the you know pre-described horrors um so it all comes together to form a really 
just a great little experience. Um, like we've obviously been really high on Dredge the entire time that we've sort of talked about it since seeing it at PAX last year. And the full game is every bit what I think is promised from that initial hype. Um, you know, it is a, it's beautiful to look at. It sounds really nice. Um, it plays exceptionally well, especially once you start getting upgrades to that boat and you really just find yourself just zipping along that open water. Um, immensely satisfying experience in that regard. Um, if I had any gripes against it, I would just say that the core loop that you do in that first hour is basically the core loop you'll be doing throughout the entire game. There's no real escalation of mechanics. Um, that is, I think, both a knock against it, but also not not a huge one because, you know, I can't fault a game for what it's not necessarily. Um, I just think that if you are going to have your sort of like core fishing mechanics be the only thing that this game is built around, they maybe do need to be elevated a little bit as you go along you do get access to um you've got like a hold down your bumper you've got a specific wheel that you can bring up to give you um there's like a handful of special cosmic-esque powers which were an absolute delight um i won't spoil what any of them are here because like i had a great surprise finding out what they were and those add a good amount of blips of fun let's say um and you can also, you know, you can drop nets, you can uh, equip your boat with like a net that you drag along behind you. So if you just want to go out dredging and have the fish sort of auto catch, you can eventually do that. Um, all those upgrade systems are essentially geared towards making you faster and more adept at the money making ventures. And so the, again, it's that kind of pretty standard, like, you know, Stardew loop. It's that same loop you get in any of these micro economy games where, you know, you make money to get better things to make more money. And then you, you loop back around on yourself over and over again. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing though. It's really great core mechanics. It's a really great world to lose yourself in. There is a surprising amount of side quests, um, a surprising amount of narrative going on in the background of this thing that I had a really good time discovering. Um, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, it's, there's not much else I can really say about it other than that it's really, really good. Um, Zach, how, how have you been finding it? So I played it, finally got the chance to play it last night and I was like, yeah, I'll play it for an hour or so. Played it for like three and a half. Yeah, um, is that kind of game? Yeah, and I, mate, I went, I went hard. I went out at night. I was, uh, I was, oh, yep. I was not shy. Those bloody rocks, eh? They just pop out of nowhere. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so the, your boat can be uh, damaged, I guess. Like the upgraded hulls give you more blows that you can sustain. I think at first you just get three hits and you you sink basically. Um, then extra damage is also given to uh, each side of your boat is where you equip your specific fishing gear. And if you get hit on, let's say, the left side, then whatever is on that left side has a chance of being damaged. Or if you've got stock sort of on that area in that, again, that Resident Evil 4, but not inspired by Resident Evil 4 inventory system, you, you might lose something out of one of those slots if you, if you get hit on that side. Which is another, like, just a tiny complaint I might have, which is that, you know... I do find that the game can be quite punishing when you do get hit in those later sections because you end up having to navigate some pretty tight corners and the floaty, you know, no pun intended, sort of controls of that boat, I think are really good and very precise in in a way. But I do think that the kind of like... Um, ratio of potential damage to losses is a little bit skewed at the moment. I, I would tweak that just a tiny bit. But again, these are small things that don't overall detract from what is like otherwise an amazing experience. Because you can also have fish, well, or stuff stolen by seagulls or like mm -hmm. vultures and stuff if you're out at night. So that will circle yep. around your thing. Um, and yeah, so rocks, when, when you are out at night, like I went and, and I looked, these rocks do just pop up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So... 
it's not just like rocks that are there during the day and you just can't see them until you're, you know, X far away. They are things that because you've been out at sea for so long and your brain's gone a bit crazy, um, these things will just pop up uh, and mm. you will just slam right into them. So yeah, I, you've I got like a, a fear meter basically. Yeah. And uh, if you let it get too high and then you go and interact with townsfolk, they'll be like, are you, are you okay? Um, which I thought was very charming. <laughs> uh, but it's cool because like, there's a, there's obviously submissions early on, or at least th- that I did, where you're encouraged to, to go out at night. So there's like one mission that is um, find a bunch of items that have been shipwrecked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you go and do that and the some of it is at night. So... Yeah, I had a challenge actually finding that fucking first one at night. It can be. Yeah, because yeah. well, so what I would do right is I'd go, no, nope, I'm not going to fish. Just going to go straight to this pot and do the shipwrecking and come back. Ooh, that looks like a nice fish that I might be able to catch. <laughs> I'd catch it. Ooh, that, that looks like a nice spot to dredge. I'd dredge mm-hmm. it. Then, and then suddenly would, you've wasted three hours. <laughs> and I've had, yeah, and then I haven't even got halfway to where I know that I have to be. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, by the time I get there and come back, is it going to be like, is it going to be like morning again? I'm going to be cooked off my head. I'm going to be mm-hmm. sh- Chantel like at one of those four day festivals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, then, and then also my fish has gone infected because they're stinking up mm. a storm and I don't have enough room. So I've wasted hours fishing yet. So there's a good little balance of weighing up like, yeah, risk reward is yeah. is really good in this game, um, and I, I do think that like there was a, you know, like in the initial hours, like a small trip to like the next island takes you three quarters of the day, and it feels like a massive trek out there, right? And then by the time you've upgraded your boat, you're getting to like the limits of the map, and it's eleven a.m. and it just that escalation of power is really really fun, um, and the game always is willing to give you its own version of like escalating situations that you're going to have to deal with. So no matter how ahead of things you think you are, there's always going to be something that like pretty smartly uh, outmaneuvers you. Um, and, you know, it's, it's art style is very cutesy. Um, it's, it's very beautiful to look at. And so like horror isn't really something that it, it achieves, but I think that the, the sort of human fear of what lies beneath um, is expertly utilized a couple of times. I, I had a proper like stomach turn moment at one point. So like props to them for that. There's also, um, yeah, like fish and stuff that you'll catch that are obviously cosmic, cosmified, mm. um, you know. So you take him to old mate and he's absolutely frothing that you've... Oh, he loves it. He's, you've yeah. brought him this kooky fish. So mm. Just don't ask him what he does with them. No, no, I won't. Mm. But uh, the, the other thing is I did quite like the... Like I thought the soundtrack was, was really good. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. I like how the story is told. Like it's just text, right? So there's no voice acting. It's just kind of like, but it's, but there's like vocal prompts, like mm-hmm. or something kind yeah, of. It's like, very like Zelda-like, where it's like everyone's like, mm, ah, yeah. oh, yeah. 
So, um, but then you, you're right. Actually, you reminded me like the the storytelling. I think is really good because like when you approach like a dock, like you you auto dock it there, and then you get your, like your standard menu items for your your inventory, your ship upgrades, and, and whatnot. But if any narrative beats happen on on those particular locations, they get described to you in a very like text adventure way. So it's like you know you pull up to the dock and notice the smell of a campfire lingering nearby, and so there is a lot of imagination going on 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 behalf of the player and because the art style is so evocative it's it's a good meeting of those two things i thought yeah i think it's uh very very good i think it's a yeah great time i was describing it to i was on a boat and someone was describing it to me as goaty oh, okay Pot- potential yeah. see that's potential the thing if Goody. The problem with RE4 being what it is, is that like, <laughs> I don't want to play anything other than RE4 at the moment. No. Um, but I will say before, <laughs> before RE4 and, and still after Dredge absolutely deserves to be part of that conversation. Like this is a fantastic game. Um, I haven't landed on a score yet, but I'm pretty sure we're going with a, a solid nine out of 10 on this one. Cool. cool, cool. Did, did you get an impression for how long this might take? Yeah. So I I failed a couple of side quests because I kind of fumbled the bag on a few of them. And so like I didn't see absolutely everything in the game, but like I had a pretty good idea of everything that was in there. Um, I think my clock is sitting at about 22 hours. Um, oh, that's very respectable. Yeah. Um, and and that, that's with a lot of faffing about. Like I really enjoyed just like, you know, going out to where I know that there was a bunch of like really nice luminous fish at night and taking a bunch of screenshots for 20 minutes. So, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Um, I'm sold. And this is cheap, isn't it? This is not a not a Red Bull price tag. This is like forty bucks, isn't 35. it? Thirty five. Thirty five. Thirty five. That is a very reasonable price. I've yes. actually I've uh, put in a little order for the physical edition that they're putting out as well because this feels like one of those things that, you know, this is exactly what we want when we talk about indies, like mm. really testing new things and, and new mechanics and the idea of like kind of like a, a horror wind waker fishing sim is just. An incredible pitch, and I'm glad they pulled it off. So, um, yeah, so what I suggested was that Dredge could be this year's Cult of the Lamb. Mm. Ah. This year's yeah, Indie Darling, if you want to, you know, gotcha. throw another term yeah. out. I think this is going to be a universally acclaimed Indie. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, shout outs to Black Salt Games, uh, our Kiwi brethren, and um, that's from Team 17. It is. Oh, so, no. Cool. So your, excuse me, sorry, your review will be up. By the time they're hearing this. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Well, yes, it will be. Or is it Saturday or Friday that it's the embargo? Anyway. Friday. This com- this podcast will be out when that's out. So you can go read James's review now. Whew, wow. Wow. Wait, 118. Sorry, 101 hour and 18 minutes. She is. Getting through it. Get. That is an awful picture of me. Uh, so <laughs> let's give some quick, quick shout outs. So Mark has reviewed Tichia. Chia? Yeah, go with that. Uh, he's given that a 9 out of 10 and he said, he says that Chia's ambitious ideas and brightly textured open world come together in harmony. Despite an air of familiarity, there's simply nothing else like Chia. And I have no doubt it will be high on my game of the year list. 9 out of 10. Thanks for coming. Watch out, Dredge. Uh, watch out, no, Dredge. Yeah. Does look, this game does look magnificent. It does. It I've does. always it's wanted to go to, to New Caledonia, so maybe this is how I get there. Uh, I, I just checked my PlayStation Plus and it's like 
like for PlayStation Plus extra yes. deluxe or whatever it is, yeah, it's, it's like out straight right into the now. Yeah. 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 So I'm currently downloading. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then the Little Risky also did GT7 on VR. He gave that a 9.5. I think I should know that. I read it. I did have a look at it. I think it's 9.5. Uh, he says, with excellent visuals and loads of content, Gran Turismo 7 VR is an absolute triumph for PlayStation VR 2, thanks to a free update that brings an already excellent driving experience to a new level in virtual reality. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm a big proponent of uh, racing games in VR. I'm not, I don't play racing games, driving games much, but in VR they are an experience unto themselves. Well, I think Agreed. he went the whole hog. I think he uh, got the, the, the wheel, got the race car bed. Wow. As well. He's living my fantasy <laughs> right down to the bed, baby. <laughs> uh, very cool. So that's also shout-outs. Also, another quick shout-outs. I put up an article today, uh, where the bloody hell are ya? Uh, I just talk about five games that have gone missing since their announcement. Go check it out. There's a, there's a video. You can go check out my mug uh, on that video. So, Oh, it's a video. It. It's both. Uh for your Equal opportunity. That's content. it. That's it. Uh, no, was there a question coming? Did I just cut someone off? No, keep going. Uh, yeah. uh, Chantel, do you want to quickly give us a couple minutes to talking about your Elder Scrolls experience? Yeah, a couple minutes or 40 minutes? Maybe I didn't do a full Redfall. Hey, hey, hey. I knew I was going for long uh, too. I could feel it. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> thanks for bringing it up again. <laughs> All right. Um, I previewed the Scribes of Fate DLC for Elder Scrolls Online, um, which is really awesome because we're getting two new dungeons. We're getting some patch updates, like hiding the shoulder pads. Thank God. Um, and tanking updates so you don't drop block when you uh, swap bars. So that's all really great, finally. Um, it's starting the new Necron chapter for the year after High Isle has finished. Um, Elder Scrolls Online, they pretty much have a storyline that they focus on with each year, and this year is uh, the storyline's called Shadow Over Morrowind. Um, so we're going to be seeing like a lot of Dark Elf, Daedric um, focuses on the zone stories, which is really cool. There's going to be two new zones. It's like Apocrypha, Apocrypha, some, <laughs> something like that. Um, and another one that I forget the name of. But the dungeon that I played was really awesome. It was Balsanar and I played with Mike Finnegan and Jeremy Sarah the lead content designer and uh, lead encounter designer, yeah. <laughs> um, and that was great. The encounters were all very uh, like what you would expect. They've introduced some new uh, monsters, uh, the Nyx Ox, into the the mix um they've started to focus on the sigic or order again which is awesome because that's one of my probably one of my favorite um storylines essentially in the dungeon you are 
are dispatched with a Sigic Order Mage um, to find time anomalies and essentially stop them. And you essentially, in the dungeon, go time travel through different eras through this unfortunate Balsanar's demise to try and stop it until it uh, fully uh, kaputs on itself, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the dungeon's really cool. The boss fights look really, really hard on hard difficulty. They're very bullet hell-like, a lot of moving around. Um, they focused a lot on trying to make it accessible for melee players instead of it just being ranged, which I think is really cool. Um, the, the visuals as well, they've kind of gone for more of like a rainbow scheme, which I think is really cool considering everything's very murky and dire most of the time in Elder Scrolls Online. So they were kind of, kind of looked a bit psychedelic, um, which was really awesome. Uh, and the storyline itself is actually pretty sad because what happens is that we are seeing kind of the enemies of this little village who has been taken under the ring of like a daedric prince um pestilite and they see us as these evil people that are trying to kill the village when in actuality the time anomalies is what kill is what is killing the village so we're trying to stop it they don't want us to and what happens is essentially the psychic mage that we are with practically has to sacrifice her sanity to be able to save it um and so the it was really sad. I got a little bit emotional at the end of it, actually, which is uncommon for me playing Dungeons and Elder Scrolls. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. I had a fun time um, with Finnegan and Sarah. And yeah, pretty much. That's Reading your preview, it sounds like um, like a cool D&D campaign. Like that kind of idea of like returning to a, a place as time is like changing it over and over again. Very into it. Yeah, it was a really interesting solo story because m most of the time I feel that um, Elder Scrolls Online, it can feel a little bit linear. Like, especially when you're into, like, endgame content, you kind of just, like, run right to the end of the dungeon <laughs> and just try and kill the bosses. But with this, you're kind of forced to interact with a smaller space more and kind mm. of uncover it, um, which feels just like it felt very multi-layered, um, it felt like it used the space a little bit more. I didn't preview the other dungeon, um, but I imagine there will be a lot of tidbits in there that um, will like lead into the main uh, storyline. So yeah, I'm glad I picked that one because I had to choose what one we did, and I was like, oh, I don't know. So I, I was, uh, I got a good time. Cool. Glad to hear it. Very exciting. You can read uh, your uh, or Chantel's preview up on the website. Uh, James, do you want to, since you're the big dog, little little mini dog, do you want to run through the news for us? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, how could I not after an introduction like that? Um, <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, so for those looking to get an early bird look at PAX Australia 2023, you can now buy your tickets, um, which is exciting. I think I saw on Twitter today that they've already sold through, I think, 25% of the three-day badges within like the opening hour. Wow. So um, it definitely seems like uh, last year's PAX was a, a roaring success in terms of bringing that thing back into the zeitgeist. So oh, yeah. good times ahead. How much are uh, badges? Wouldn't know, mate. Wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. <laughs> You'd have to read uh, <laughs> <laughs> the article on uh, well-play.com.au. <laughs> Who, who's going this year? Yeah. yeah I'd say so. I, I mean, I'll always go to PAX if I have the chance. I'd say so. I'll be there for the Friday, just the Friday. Well, after last time, you might want to <laughs> <laughs> reassess your uh, capabilities. <laughs> Uh, three Context, day badge Nathan got a bit fucked up. 175 single day badge is $70. Chantel, so, yeah, gonna, that is an early bird price. So. Sure. When is it? Wouldn't know, mate. Oh. <laughs> October 6th. Well, I'll be there. October I'll be there and I won't drive this time. Very good. Very good. Which means um, that you Sonic be out Frontiers for. is getting its uh, first massive DLC drop, I believe. I think we're looking at uh, March. Yeah, nope, this Wednesday. There you go. Um, so for those who enjoyed the game, you can get some new challenge modes. They are adding a photo mode. I don't know what was said. I'm just going to move straight past it. Um, so and they're also March. adding a jukebox to it. I still can't hear you, Zach. It's fine. Uh, players can now listen to their favorite <laughs> Sonic songs all throughout the Starfall Islands with 53 <laughs> songs available. This is uh, it's a great game. Um, good to see it getting some support. And I think that it's uh, it's good that we recently talked about how like the success of this game has enabled them to give like pay rises and job security so really nice to see get get around it that is sights sounds and speed dlc sonic frontiers any yeah so that's good uh jedi nice. survivor has gotten a new story trailer um this is pretty much entirely focused on i know cows looking all gruff and moody now um it seems like we are five years after the events of the original game there is a new jedi that is uh seemingly in like a weird antagonistic role with cow which seems pretty cool um you can check that out on you know wherever it is that you watch videos youtube twitter do what you gotta do Looks pretty good. Uh, that game is tablet. slated for release on the 28th of April. Texas Chainsaw Massacre revs up with an August release date. This is the, I guess, the Dead by Daylight kind of ripoff. Is that what we're aiming for here? Some other like yeah. adjacent. Yeah, yeah, Freddy vs. Jason. Well, they movies. are making a Dead by Daylight movie soon. That is certainly that's content. Something. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is that is going to happen. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a thing. Uh, but yeah, look, Dead by Daylight. I have not seen anything about this game, but the technical test is beginning on the twenty fifth of May. So I guess pop that in your calendars if you are into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, we've already talked about this earlier, but Gubbins has uh, released on iOS. This is sort of a, uh, a free beta test kind of trial thing that they're doing here just to see how the game goes once it's in people's hands. It will be monetized eventually. Um, so now is definitely the time that if you have an iOS device to jump onto that and experience the game for yourself. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, well, Naughty Dog has announced that they're working on their next title already, which is like, yeah, sure. Cool. I feel like we already knew that though, but yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like anytime a major studio is like, yeah, we're working on our next thing. It's like, yeah, I, I believe it. Mm. You hope so. 
Yes. Uh, otherwise, like, what have you been what, doing? What else is Neil doing over <laughs> there? You know? Yeah. Well, uh, is this one that Neil's not attached to? Oh, is it? He's too busy making our season two of The Last of Us. Well, there's um, they've got the Last of Us online thing, which is not him. They've apparently got, got that fantasy game, which is not Neil, and Neil's doing something else. Oh, apparently. Interesting. From what I can vaguely remember from what I read a while back, but yeah. That's an odd choice for a, a studio that has like openly talked about how much they had to crunch to get one game made. I don't know how they're going to make three. Well, one might be in like pre-production. I mean, I would say, I, geez, you'd think that this Last of Us online thing is coming to the end of development or at least in the mm. final push. You would hope so, um, yeah. The other one might be in like actual production and... Neil's next thing is yeah. pre-production, so it's yeah, only pre. maybe. Yeah. Then when the last was people, yeah. Yeah, that's it. News. Get good, it in you. Good wrap up, mate. Thanks, mate. Good job. No, I think you did really that, well. That was efficient. I liked it. I like James's radio voice. Yeah, it's good. Good yeah, shit. Same. It's don't get to break voice. it. Well, I hate breaking it out in front of Zach. Like everyone else, I was fine, but with Zach, I'm like, oh god, oh god, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Why? <laughs> 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 Mate, I'm not the bloody master of anything. Well, master of forty minute chats. But. Oh. Notice me, senpai. Yeah, notice me, senpai. <laughs> Mate, all you need to be noticed is a forty minute chat on something, and then I'll notice you. Hey, Zach, Zachy, Zach, Zach. Do you want a Do you want a good off topic, man? Hmm. Is this gonna be? Oh. Okay, go, go for it. No, no, Do I'm it. not setting you up for anything this time. This is very sincere. I binged the first season of Slow Horses. Good man. Had a very it's, good time it's with next it. next on my list. Yeah. yeah. Very I good. Yes. highly recommend it. A very compact and satisfying British spy thriller. I don't think it like particularly dazzles, but it doesn't need to. Like no. it's just a really solid TV show. How good is Gary Oldman though? Oh, he's fantastic. I love yeah. him. He is. Dude absolutely shows up for work. I mean, I think everyone does a really good job in that show. There wasn't really a performance I didn't like. Um, a couple of really sincere surprises along the way. I had a like, oh, okay. Mm. Um, like just when I thought it was losing me, it would do another thing to be like, yeah, okay, let's see where this goes. Um, yeah, because they're only about six yeah, episodes, aren't they? Yeah, super short. Yeah. And I love that it ended with like next season on Slow Horses. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go Russian agents, man. Let's fucking do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I'm glad. Nathan, You'll, uh, I think you'll have a great time. Yeah, yeah, I think I will too. It's my kind of genre. Mm. Yeah. Well, what, Did what, what, anyone what? watch Yellow Jackets? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, 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 season yeah. two what, what is coming out. I know, so very excited. Next week? Oh, I thought it was ages away. That's good. It's Oh, <laughs> man. Like, I'm driving through Melbourne. There's billboards everywhere for it. I'm oh. pretty sure it's late March. Really? That is soon. That's a fast turnaround on season two. Yes. Melbourne's got advertising everywhere for it right now. Yes. I'm excited. Wild. Um, no, I was just going to say, while we're talking about, excuse me, film stuff, um, big shout outs to Lance Reddick, who sadly has passed away. Yeah. Uh, mm. He was. That fucked me up, man. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good actor and, you know, very, seemed like an absolute ripper of a bloke. Um, he did, didn't he? Loved his video games. Loved his video Always game adaptations. He was in, uh, obviously, the recent Resident Evil Netflix show. He was in so it. So good. Uh, Quantum Break, my favourite. Uh, and then... 
Destiny, uh, which apparently there's. Have you seen the news reports from today that he was playing? Yeah, like he was playing Destiny a, the night before yeah. he passed away. Shit. Yeah, Aww. and he always was like he was very integra- integrated into the Destiny community, mm-hmm. which was nice considering his character is such a tentpole character in that in that world. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's. Uh, yeah, Destiny players going to be feeling it huge. Like that's going to be a very noticeable loss in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially coming like the timing on that, like being like the end of Destiny 2's like massive, you know, like ten year long campaign, basically. Um, to to lose someone who was as vital to like the not just like the narrative itself, but just like the vibe around that game. Um, it's really mm. really sad stuff. I did see that uh, he his final performance will be the the Hellboy game. Um, he voiced oh, okay. Hellboy in it, so that's you know yeah yeah i'm seeing john wick on friday so nice that's gonna be a um interesting experience yeah uh given far too young indeed the dude always looked super healthy i know that sounds redundant to say no i know what you mean though yeah he had a very like superman-esque yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh well, we might as well do 90s film of the week, which I'm going to piss Buddy off and it's not going to be a 90s film of the week. Da, 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 da. Film of the w- 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 week. It's going to be a film that was close to, to the 90s. You couldn't get any closer if you tried. Actually, you probably could. But it was from the, t- it's from the, from the year 2000. Uh, it is Hollow Man because why not? Because, oh, hey, look, God. you know. Yep. I didn't. Uh, I love that you broke the section, the segment of the show itself. You decided to abandon its, you know, ethics and morals for the sake of a joke from a forty-minute spiel about a game nobody else cared about. That's it. Really appreciate <laughs> that about you, Zach. Now we're going to talk about a film that no one else probably cares about. Um, yeah, Kevin Bacon, Josh Brolin, Kim okay. Dickens, Rona Mitra. Big fan of hers. Suck. She's in Ali G. Great performance. Great film. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> this film has 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. This film is a, this film stank. Anyway, uh, you can watch it on <laughs> Foxtel Go, Binge. We can pay for it on YouTube for four bucks. Paul Verhoeven. Fucking hell. You have some interesting picks. Wait, to be is fa- this a Paul Verhoeven film? Yep. To be fair. You see What? I wouldn't have picked this <laughs> normally. It just happened to be 90s film week is coming up. I haven't picked one. Hollow Man reference from not, you know, gotcha. not that yeah. long ago. Well, you know what, you know. You know. Yeah. Wait, so this is the dude that did Robocop and Starship Troopers? Yeah. Yep. What the fuck? Okay. He fell far. Well, it depends on your perspective. But. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's not a good film, is it? There's a Hollow Man 2 as well. No! <laughs> There's Hollow Man 3. Wow. Yeah, anyway, that's if they start going direct to video. There. Anyway, uh, shall we wrap it up there? Or is there anything more that you guys want to share for off topics? Not much for me. A little bit of transit viewing is, and Zach will appreciate this, uh, short, sweet, Blackbird, Apple Plus, yes. Apple TV. What do you think say. of that? Brilliant. I mean, it's it's doesn't, it's not a, like, uh, trying to sell it verbally to someone, you wouldn't do much because it's like, it's a haunting prison drama. Like, it's a prison drama, mm. but it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's very tight, six episodes uh, I felt uncomfortable watching it mm. in a good way. Like it wasn't, it, there was no gross out moments or anything like that. It's just performances being that good. You sit there with a knot in your stomach for six hours. 
So it was brilliant. And then... Uh, How good's big on, Tarragon? On, whatever his name is. Is his... Tar- Taron Egerton. What did I say? Tarragon. That's the fucking... Tarragon. Yeah, the... I don't know. Is that Lord of the Rings character? <laughs> <laughs> Taron Egerton's always a pleasure. Like, I, I've always enjoyed him for, like, Kingsman. But then I saw Rocketman. I've just been obsessed ever since. Yeah, he's... Um, I think he's a phenomenal character actor. He's great in this. Yeah, yeah. He's haunt... I mean, just all, all the performances are quite haunting in this one. Um, I don't really want to say too much about it because if you do watch it, I think it's best to watch it without too much context. Yeah, it's brilliant. The other one was Thirst. So I'm still in my... Um, the only I, I sort of give myself one movie a week at the moment. Uh, Park Chan-wook. Last week I talked about... I think it was last week. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. This week, Thirst. It is a vampire romantic dark comedy horror. Like it, it's kind of... That's Park, Park Chan-wook's thing. He's like every genre in one film. Uh, again, like his films, it's a romantic tragedy. Again, like his films, halfway through it turns into a different film. Uh, I loved it. It would be a top three vampire film for me. Uh, so again, South Korean. Um, it it was bizarre. It was laugh out loud hilarious. And it was one of those films where so much happened in the first 10 minutes. I remember looking up and saying to April, like she, she looked at me and she's like, what the fuck is going on in this film? I paused it was 10 minutes. I thought it had been an hour. Like just the, the nature of how this film moves and this, and his films in general. Breakneck pacing, but you could like, you will never be lost. It's a kind of magic. Highly recommend. Loved it. Buddy, I know it's high on his list. Please give it a look, man. You're going you're gonna to love it. Nice. Chantel, got anything for us before we go to bed? Um, I, I've been watching Made in Abyss. Yeah, you have. Isn't that fucking good? We don't it's like the game trauma. on here, though. No, we didn't the review that terrible. very well. Yeah. Gave yeah. it too but... high of a score. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> love, love the anime, though. Like on on every level. But please tell us. It's amazing. It bl- it's blown my mind. It's it's. I really I didn't watch it for so long because it of the chibi. Exactly. No, I was the same. I thought it was going to be some childish shit, and then I got a gut punch. <laughs> yeah, and it is like it is quite like wholesome for the first few episodes, and then it start kind kind of becoming like psychological horror, and then it just gut punch after gut punch after gut punch, and it's just trauma. Thanks, Chantel. We're on but the same great. page. But oh, it's yeah. great. Everyone should watch it. <laughs> 12 episodes, season one, pretty short. I think it was That's 12. pretty short. Yeah. yeah, and then a movie, and then a season two. Yeah, and the movie was brilliant. It was. Cool. All right, very, very exciting. Next week is an even more exciting week because it's pledges. Oof. So get <laughs> excited. Balan this year, I think. We, we don't know. We just assume everyone's punishment is Balan. Yeah, I think we'll just go with that. Um, it's just a bit it's easier. gonna be like a three-hour podcast. No, we whip through them pretty quickly. Just, I mean, if you're here, you can take some time, but just, yeah, we'll whip through the others. Don't get me started on Red Bull, mate. <laughs> I better stop. Uh, and another exciting <laughs> news: this would already have happened. I may have been able to share some stuff, may may not, but I am off to an AFL event tomorrow to for the launch of AFL 23. I know everyone here is absolutely Ooh. fucking ecstatic about that. So Up the dog eeks. They got fucking pumped all the weekend, mate. They're bum. Get rid of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know anything about AFL, but have fun. I will. I will. A, you're a good Victorian, aren't you? Yeah. 
All right, cool. Uh, thank you for this week's this week's. Thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. You can check out the content on www.well-played.com.au. There is, we didn't actually give it a shout out. I've only just remembered now, but there's Big Skill Up did a review for Bayonetta and something. That's that's on the web, on the website. Was Bayonetta it? Origins. Bayonetta <laughs> Origins and some other shit. Chereza or yeah. something. Chereza. Yeah. <laughs> Chorizo, spicy sausage. It's on (laughs) Bayonetta Origins and the spicy sausage. It's up there. Uh, (laughs) Go check it out, and we will see you next week. Bye. Farewell.